explain the assignment of income doctrine. The spread in marginal tax rates encourages effort and rewards effort to shift income from higher bracketed taxpayers to lower bracketed taxpayers, most often family members. The rules are su surprisingly straightforward, but their application, as we're going to see shortly, may be difficult. Let's look at rule one. Rule one states income is taxed to the person performing the service. So I earn money as a lawyer, and then I assign it to my nephew, thinking my nephew will be taxed on it and not I. But in fact, I, the person who earned the fees, will be taxed, despite my efforts to assign the, the income liability to my nephew. My nephew, of course, will still have the money and enjoy spending it. Rule number two, income from property is taxed to the taxpayer owning the property. Again, I own an apartment building that's generating a reliable cash stream in the form of rents. And then I assign those rents to my niece for a period of time. My niece will not be taxed on that income because I am deemed the owner of it because I haven't transferred ownership of the underlying property. Were I, were I to actually transfer all legal ownership to the building to my niece, she would be taxed on the income and I would not be. Of course, the price for me to do for, for this tax savings would be putting an apartment building with a lucrative income stream in the name of my niece, which I may not want to do for reasons that have nothing to do with tax. Let's uh, confirm our mastery of the material through our review of some questions. Question one, the doctrine of constructive receipt means income will be taxed when it is credited to the taxpayer's account, set apart for the taxpayer, or otherwise made available. That is true. The question is the classic listing of the elements for constructive receipt. Question two, a mother arranges for the income from her stock portfolio to be paid directly to her son. The mother will not be taxed on the portfolio income. That is false because what did she fail to do? She failed to transfer legal ownership of the portfolio to her son. And now we've got too many case studies. And as they say in law and order, inspired by true events. Question three, a law school clinical faculty member is required by his employer to turn over any amounts he receives representing low income clients at the law school's tax clinic. He receives $1,000 for the current uh, tax year. Describe the consequences of his receipt of the check payable to him. So the question arises, is there any way that our lawyer, faculty member can avoid taxation of this. And this question revolves around a legal concept called agency 
principal agency. In this example, the law school faculty member is in effect an agent of the law school. He is required to turn over the funds, has no legal right to the funds, and the entity, in fact, that is going to be taxed will be the law school, not our law school faculty member. Uh, question four. A president of a closely held business informs the board of directors he will not accept income for services yet to be performed between July 1st and December 31st. The corporation's having financial difficulties and the president believes it's the right thing to do not to be paid for his future services. Describe the tax consequences of that $400,000 that otherwise would have been payable to him upon the performance of the services. This mini case study is based on the 1942 case of the commissioner versus Giannini. And the court there held that the president was within his rights to renunciate or repudiate right to future income and accordingly was deemed not taxable on it. So that 400000 that would have been paid to him stayed in the hands of the corporation and it would have been the corporation that would have been subject to tax. This now concludes chapter three.